1: Recorded live. All right. So did you guys get a chance to listen to the recording of the audio about time? And did you both get your time tracking worksheets?
0: Uh, Got the time tracking worksheets? I don't remember the audio about time. But I'm, I'm... I've got so much going on in my head at the moment, it's quite possible I listened to it and it's just gone, gone and I've gone blank.
1: No, it would have recently gone out, like last night, so you might not have yet seen
0: oh, it. Oh, I, know, I haven't box. seen it yet. Okay.
1: Um, so I started thinking about, I mean, something you just, you said to me the other day, last time we talked, when we were talking about 2018 planning, and I said, do the do the data points. Like, that actually probably isn't, Necessarily solid twenty eighteen planning, but I still think it's <laughs> fundamental like it is it is the foundation of twenty eighteen planning It's the foundation of any planning because we all know that this is about identity more than it is about goals like goals goals sort of float behind an identity shift, and the reason the twenty five or the fifty or whatever data points matter is because I think very often we don't have a clue who we're trying to become because we're so extraneously trained to look at the goal, to look at the thing rather than the who, the what rather than the who. So, um, Janet, I got your data points, and I know that you said that they were actually going to be rapidly not applicable anymore. Are you reworking those as we speak?
0: I'm glad you asked about this because I, I had a look at my data points and I realized that a large number of them are either out of date or more likely, more of them, are data points that are there because they're part of the how, part of the how to get there and that, that sort of defeats the purpose. And I realized that at the moment I'm still working on this but I, I, um, I actually have a lot of trouble imagining what it will be like. There's a, and that there's that's that's the stuff I'm working on is to kind of clear those clear the fog, but yeah, at the moment I'm looking at it going all that the stuff that I've played with before and the sort of stuff that we've talked about before with data points like you know the um waking up and having flowers on the nightstand kind of thing um i've I've implemented what I like of any of that. And I, it, it, to the point where it's kind of ordinary and every day. And, uh, and I haven't got anything else to add. I feel like I've got nothing else to add. And so I know that there's some, I'm, I'm not allowing myself to see yet what I, what I want it to look like.
1: Maybe not allowing uh, it, yourself it, to want, which I think is yeah. one of the, is one of the biggest sort of roadblocks to getting to that point. Like, Allowing yourself to what what you want without trying to figure out if it's reasonable, doable, achievable, how it would be achieved, like all of that, is a fairly significant block. And it takes a little bit of just persistent sort of mining at that and kind of excavating to, it's like the reverse of an archaeological dig. I don't know what that would be, (laughs) an archaeological (laughs) dig in reverse, but that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. David's company pays a shit ton of money for a bunch of training that is ridiculously stupid. Um, Stupid, stupid, stupid personal development training. I mean, 95% of the time he comes home and he's, like, done this training or that training, and I look at the little workbook and I'm just like, oh, my God, seriously. But he came home a few days ago with a workbook from a training that he had done where they were talking about time-crafting. And apparently this training was very controversial. They almost didn't do it because they thought they hired a time management expert and they got something very different than that in its delivery. Hmm. It was not a time management training at all. And when I sat and like went through that workbook about what they had learned, it was so fascinating to me in terms of, like future creating and the marriage of that concept with data points of what we're trying to create and even sort of the science of it that I, I called the workshop person, the presenter and asked if we could have coffee and they don't live here, they would flown away but we spent a good hour and a half on the phone a few days ago and it was fascinating to me how this gentleman thinks about time. And fundamentally, his, the core of his work is, can be, like, distilled into this premise that the best way to speed up the time it takes you to get where you want to go is to pretend like time doesn't exist. So whatever it is, I mean, if I'm thinking I'm going to be a $5 million coach slash usher slash whatever in five years, da-da-da-da-da, I need to just pretend like time does not exist. And in as many practical ways as possible, this will sound familiar, start spending my time exactly the way I would if I could if I were where I wanted to be. And, I mean, he had some interesting science around time warping, which, as you can imagine, in a corporate kind of environment, for people who paid for what they thought was time management training, (laughs) this did not go over very well. There was was a lot of happiness in this whole scenario. But his thing is (laughs) that time is not linear the way we measure it. I mean, we experience it one way, and it is not that way. And that if we can find even small ways to – do time differently, as if we, as if as we would in the future, we literally bend that wave of time to shorten the distance between where we are and where we want to go. So, from a very sciencey perspective, his thing is pick three or four things that you think you would be doing and start. To, and he never says do. Like this is all about time in his world. Three or four ways you would be spending time if and start doing that now and it warps the arc of time. It shortens that distance between then and now. So it's not necessarily about the goal, it is about the investment of time. Because in this very sort of sciencey kind of science meets new agey kind of way, time is something that we can manipulate. To get where we want to go, that the continuum is not linear, and we can play with it. So I have a feeling, Janet, you've got some thoughts on that. I'm going to let you. I'm going to let you speak for a second, and then I will continue here. Thoughts?
0: Um, yeah, no, I'm just. I'm. I, I'm just so busy having a good time about the idea of this guy coming in and um, breaking all yeah. the corporate rules. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. But I also, yeah, the whole thing with time, this one scrambles my brain really badly because I, I, you know, just at a quantum level we know that time doesn't exist but yet we have to experience time in a linear fashion in order to not go insane because our brains require that framework within which to operate. This has to happen before that can happen. So, yeah, I know it's one of those things where there's a lot more magic than I think there is. And I live in this non-magical time linear world where I haven't been as good at managing or curating or negotiating that as I would like. So I'm really interested to know more.
1: I mean, what he, his premise is, you know, his thing is in corporate world, we're always talking about goals and to do. I would say in my world, in an LOA world, I talk about behavior, which can very Mm -hmm. easily translate to goals or to, you know, to to to-dos actually. But in his world, because we know scientifically time is not as linear as we think it is, that we can look at time as a warping device. And it sounded so familiar. I mean, it is very much data points, like, look at who you would be and start being her now but he thinks of it very specifically in terms of time look at how she would be investing or spending time and start doing that now and it literally bends the warp it 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 bends that continuum and shortens the difference the distance because you've got your eye on time and So then kind of backing off that premise, his thing then was, okay, look, so then what you need to do is understand how you're actually spending your time because nobody knows. And that's not true. Of course, some people know. He knows exactly how he spends his time. I mean, some people have a handle on that. But the majority of people have absolutely no idea really where their time is going. And they're leaking, bleeding, or hemorrhaging time. And he was very good to say that not all time that's quote wasted is really wasted. Like time invested in non essential activities that add beauty, that is valuable. Like not all activities should be essential. I mean the, the beauty of life is based in that non essential kind of that non essential platform of the things that we gift ourselves that aren't absolutely required. But the vast majority of people are bleeding a lot more time than they really think they are. Um, So step one in his world was do the time inventory. And to do it for at least a week, preferably two weeks, and to be honest with, like, don't, when you start noticing how much time you're spending on Facebook, don't change it just so you can alter your time inventory. Like, be really, really clear on your time inventory, be honest, be straightforward, do it at least for a week, maybe two. And that right there is like the recipe. It is, it's the roadmap or the recipe specifically for the life that you have right now. When you do that time inventory, that is the time recipe for exactly what you are currently living, what you've manifested in this very moment and then if you want anything to change like any kind of creation or manifestation or change or up leveling or what have you then you can alter your time recipe but that's really difficult to do if you don't really have a handle on what it is so when i sent out the time inventory i could only imagine like the consternation that that caused <laughs> <laughs> Because I felt it when I looked at the sheet. I mean, first of all, my thought was another fucking thing to do. I'm not going to do this. My second thought was, holy fucking shit, I know before I even start I'm wasting a lot of time. My third thing was, I know I'm going to start this and then I'm going to have an awareness and I'm going to start shifting things around before the week is over. I'm just here to tell you it's easier than you think it is to do the time inventory. But it won't work if you're judging it when you're doing it, like it is completely ineffectual exercise if you are doing your time inventory and you are judging it. But his, his sort of theory, right, is so fascinating. Like he has a notebook of time inventories that he has kept from different periods of his life over the last five or six years. And when he looks at what was happening in his life that he liked or didn't like, he can go back to his time inventory and see what the recipe was. Which is obvious, right? Super obvious. And yet really, really fascinating to me that when we're looking at the culmination of our experience as just an investment of time and how we're investing our time. And if there is a recipe for every experience, that's really quantifiable. So step one is do the time inventory. And Janet, I can't wait to hear how much you don't want to do your time inventory.
0: <laughs> you might be surprised, actually. Um ah when i was a when i was a union organizer one of the, the one of the workplaces that i worked in had terrible really terrible problems with people working you know 80 to 90 hour weeks with no overtime payment and no recognition that they couldn't do more you know there was a sort of relentlessness about it and i used to say to people keep a log just record what you do for a week and it will prove to you that you're working longer hours than you think you are and um because I had, and because of that, when I was in myself in a position where I was in a job and somebody wanted me to take on, twi- you know, double the work basically, I thought, no, I, I need to find evidence. I feel like I'm doing a lot, even though I get to the end of the day and I haven't, I don't feel like I've achieved much. I know I've been busy all day. So I want to know what I do. Like, what is it that I do that makes me feel so tired by the end of the day and yet makes me feel unproductive? And I, kept a log and it was literally minute by minute so as soon as the phone rang and I had to answer it I would jot it down in my little, I had a day pad next to me I would jot down the time, the beginning of the phone call and then as soon as the, I hung up the phone and switched my attention back to whatever I was doing I would log that and I, and I put together a spreadsheet so I'm not a, I, I actually like I'm, everything that you experienced, the thing of oh my god I don't want to put a spotlight on it and the Oh my God! I'd better change my behaviour before I record it. <laughs> um, all of that, totally get it. Yes, I, I'm. I'm. Yeah, I, I experienced all of that, and um, uh, I'm actually kind of now that you've explained, or now that because I didn't have a chance to listen to the audio, now that now that I understand the concept, I'm actually really excited to do this because I'm curious. I'm curious, I get to the end of the day and even when I do a ta-da list, I still feel like I had more hours in the day than I used productively, but I don't know that. So I might be judging it more harshly than is warranted. I might actually be pleasantly surprised, but I won't know until I, and I I can, I don't know how I'm going to do it without any judgment at all. I don't know if I can pull that off, but that's going to be my aim. I'm going to give it a shot.
1: I think what I have found, because I've been doing it for a few days now, just in terms of trying and I've been pretty honest with myself, what I have found is I spend way more time working than I thought I did. I knew I spent more time working than I would have admitted to. (laughs) Because I, I will vary. I mean, I say it all the time. I'm still in bed when David goes to work. And I am often back in bed for my nap when David comes home from work, so it might appear that I am in bed all day long. That is not true. But the amount of hours that I spend sitting on my laptop in front of the TV in the evenings working, the amount of hours that I spend multitasking some sort of something on the weekend working, like I am working more hours than I thought I was. And that's not bad. I'm not upset with the number of hours I'm working, but it is interesting to know the truth. I this will because it's what I'm doing in Charismatic Woman right now, what was surprising to me was how little time if I separate out like my LOA practices or my magical practices or what have you, like take that category separately, how little time I spent on self care was eye opening to me. Because so much of my self-care, things that I consider self-care practices, are sacred or spiritually based, deliberate creation based somehow. And if I took those practices out and looked just straight up at the amount of time I spend on self-care, it was embarrassingly low and i mean when i say was it still is because i'm trying not to alter my schedule while i'm doing my time in but it has been eye opening to me i think the other thing that has been eye opening to me is time that i might have previously said i was giving to my husband or my family obviously i'm multitasking that for work so it's been good. It's been interesting and it is a little time consuming to do, you know, to, do, to actually do it but I've set myself an alarm on my phone every two hours and I just go back and fill in my little sheet what have I been doing and I'm getting it done and I am excited actually to see it in a week or two weeks and look at it as a recipe. This is a time ingredients list of the life that I'm living right now. This is everything that I'm creating with in terms of my investment of time. And then to know if I want to become her, whoever she is in the future, this recipe is going to have to be different. I mean, how different? I don't know. What needs to be different? I'm not sure. But I can't expect me to become something new, evolved, up-leveled, if I'm not changing up the recipe. So, go ahead. What are your thoughts?
0: I was just going to say that just makes so much sense. And it's interesting because, I, like, I, one of the things that I habitually do um, is, uh, and I don't, okay, so this is where it gets interesting for me uh, is that there are a couple of things that I habitually do that I don't want to change. So, for example, when my husband has a day off um, and uh, this happened yesterday. Literally, I woke up and said to him, what time do you have to be at work? And he said, I don't. I was like, yay. Um, and I immediately changed all my plans for what I was going to do for the day because when he's home during the day, I like to spend time with him. And, you know, the, the thing I hated about having a day job was that I wasn't able to, uh, like when I'm home on my own working, that's great. Uh, when my husband's around, I don't want to be locked away in my office. So I changed the the tasks that I do. So yesterday, instead of doing what I originally had planned, I did something that I could do on my laptop, sitting in front of the telly, watching it with Hugh. Um, And that I I got stuff done. I I still got the same amount of stuff done. I might have taken a little longer to do it. But that multitasking i that that gets into some interesting territory when it comes to a time recipe, and I'm thinking about well I'm spending my time quite i can quite validly and genuinely say I'm spending that time being present with my husband and uh, work doing some admin work, you know moving files around which you could do i mean I would probably do that in front of the telly anyway, in front of a movie or something because it's so boring to do when you're just sitting in an office. Um, So I'm really curious to see how, uh, as I'm thinking about this, it sounds fantastic and I really like it and there are going to be levels of complexity to it where there's, if I'm doing multitasking and it's something that I don't necessarily want to change the recipe because I don't want to be the girl who, like if he's he's home for a week, then obviously I'm going to, you know, Come into the office and shut the door when I have client sessions, etc. But there's going to be a ton of stuff that I'll go, yeah. You know what? I want to do. I'll do this next week. Um, and I don't particularly want to change that. That's part of what I want for my upleveling. Is I want to. I want that girl to have space for her relationship.
1: What's fascinating so about quite- that? I mean, David took the class, right? Like, he actually was, mm. he has more info than I did. And he was looking at my time log last night, and he was just kind of breathing through it. And he looked up at me, and he's like, that's funny, because on Monday and Tuesday, you had 32 hours in a day. And I kind of looked at him, and he's like, yeah, you did a 32-hour day, but it was the multitasking. Mm. And I mean, is that possible? Is it possible that I can jam 32 hours into one 24-hour period? Time guy would say yes. But there are some complexities to this. You're right. It's not just, it's not necessarily a black and white formula. But whatever it is, when you look at it, that is the recipe for your current level of manifestation. And just knowing that is, again, obvious and useful all at the same time. So I guess the, the moral of the story this week is do your time inventory. I would like to see it if you want to share it when you're done, and I'm not going to say it's required. I would really like to see data points from everyone. Um, sharing the time inventory if you want, but do the time inventory for at least a week. See what the current recipe is. And I think that, well, I don't think, I know, that starting from here actually lays like the basement, right, not the foundation, but the basement for any kind of 2018 planning we want to do. I mean, we, we want to know where we've put a stake down in the ground, like to be very, very clear about what is, rather, and, and why what is what it is, and then plan from there with identity shift in mind, not necessarily goals in mind. Mm. So Joy, if you are still there, it looks like you are. Any thoughts or questions, type them in. Janet, any thoughts or questions?
0: No, I'm actually, I feel, um, (laughs) I mean, not that I'm surprised, but I'm, I am a little surprised by the amount of relief that I feel. Uh, about the underlying principles that we're playing with here. Um, it won't surprise you, Lisa, to know that, you know, all my years in corporate world gave me a very strong uh, aversion to anything that smacks of, you know, time management, productivity, goals, blah, 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 all that stuff. Um, it's, it's one of the reasons I don't want to go back there ever. Uh, so having this subversive take on the way to think about time. I'm really, really excited about this. And I think it's interesting that we're having this conversation at the same time as we're having a conversation about at what time should we hold these calls? because the whole time zone thing, you know, the fact that we've got people from all over the planet, it's wonderful. And thank God for the technology that allows it. And I have not yet come across any way to be as bendy around time zones as, uh, as we can be around our own personal time. (laughs) So I'm still working on, not working on, I'm still looking forward to a day when we find really good solutions for this.
1: (laughs) When when you find it, let me know. It would make my life easier.
0: And I mean, you're right. (laughs) This
1: is the opposite, which is why it was such a big deal. It is the opposite of traditional corporate time management. This is, absolutely the opposite of that it's like let's look at what it is know. figure out how to how to warp how to warp the timeline how to bend things how to how to be bendy in our context of time and he truly does and i mean he's got evidence to believe it so i'm not going to say this is a belief i will say it's a fact for him he has evidence in his life on multiple occasions whereby once he established his current recipe and then moved himself in his imagination into his future and found three or four ways to play with doing time differently, he got to that future point much more quickly. In fact, like rapidly, mind bendingly quickly because he played with how he was investing his time and he believes it bent the warp or warped the line, so to speak. So, when I listened to him talk about this, I was really inspired about the possibility that i mean time's always going to be linear, so to speak, right, in that things go in mm. order, that maybe mm. we can change the speed at which we experience the order of those things.
0: Well, we already know that time is time is linear, but it's not equal i mean a a a minute of uh intense joy, it goes much faster than a minute in the dentist's chair. Although, unless dentist chair is your idea of extreme joy, uh, which clearly it isn't for me. <laughs> but you know what I mean. We all know that. We all know that time is relative, depending on what kind of a good time, whether we're having a good time or a bad time, fundamentally, or a boring time. And um, so, yeah, I, I really like... I like the idea that... Because we know, we know that, but what he seems to have been able to do is to find a way to turn that into a really useful process or a tool or whatever and i'm like i said i'm just really excited about the idea of simply observing i i really like that and even just the the, the thought of observing whether i can in fact simply observe my time rather than wanting to change it because i there's a very strong urge if i'm being observed I want to be on my best behavior. <laughs> it's a really strong urge. Um, so knowing that, I, that that's not the point of the exercise, it, it, it's kind of exciting and I feel a bit mischievous and subversive about the whole thing. So I'm really I'm really looking forward to it.
1: Yeah. I, it's, I mean, I think that's the quickest way to change anything is to observe it, which it is why the challenge of not changing it is a challenge. Mm. Mm. So, yeah. That is all I've got today until we start seeing some time inventories come back, which I am excited to see. And then we'll talk about specifically, and I will use my time inventory next week as a personal example of some ways that I think I can, and I haven't thought it through, but I'm going to find them. I've got some examples from him to play with. But we will go through my time inventory and find some ways that I might warp myself into my future time zone, so to speak, by playing with three or four different ways of doing my time. So that is what we will do. And I think that that will be fun to do when everybody's had an opportunity to play with their time inventory a little bit. So, yeah, that's it.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Lisa. This is fantastic.
1: I think it also jives nicely with what we're going to talk about at Charismatic Women today. Will I see you in an hour and a half or so?
0: hmm. You will see me, we'll the, see me metaphorically speaking. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. I will talk with you guys later. Have a good one.
0: Thanks, Lisa. Bye. Bye, Joy.
1: Joy, joy, joy. Congratulations on your wedding, marriage. And I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. <laughs> Bye.